In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear brethren, the Gospel for today begins with the following words. Nupsie facte sunt. And there was a marriage. These words apply literally to that marriage that took place in Cana when our Lord Jesus Christ, at the request of his mother, performed his first miracle, transforming water into wine. But if we look closely, we will see that the marriage of Cana can signify something else. That marriage, which really happened according to history, wants to signify a higher mystery. Nupsie facte sunt, and there was a marriage. And here I intend to speak to you about another marriage. A marriage where our Lord is not only a guest, but the bridegroom himself. So today I intended to talk to you about the story of our salvation, which is a story of love, love between a husband and a wife, love between God and our humanity. From all eternity, God the Father wanted to give a wife to his only begotten Son. <clears throat> and, that, and that is the reason why he created human nature in order to be espoused by his Son. And it does enter one day in the company of the Most Holy Trinity. This was the desire of God to share His glory, His own happiness. So God created our nature in His image and likeness. That is to say, with a spiritual soul capable of having communion with Him. And He placed our nature in this earth as in a palace, and submitted it to it, the entire creation. Our nature was the chosen one of the King, 
the fiancé, the promised one who was waiting for her Lord. However, the enemy of God, full of envy, wanted to destroy the divine plan. This rival did not love human nature, but hated it. And his intention was precisely to separate the bright from the bridegroom, to separate our humanity from God. And so he did. Disguised as a serpent, the devil convinced mankind to disobey the commandments of God. The bride was unfaithful and then exiled in a foreign land. This bride, who lived in the happiness of paradise, came to know all the sufferings of this earth, pain, tears, death. This bride, who before was so full of riches, suddenly became so poor and miserable, as, as if she should never receive forgiveness or return to her homeland. And that was all that she got with her infidelity, misery, and the shame. But the Lord, the good Lord, could not suffer his bride to remain away from him. Yes, she was unfaithful, following the voice of the enemy. However, God, He is always faithful, and His plan of love and salvation was still standing. So the time had come for God to have mercy on our nature. The time had come for the bridegroom to come and to rescue himself, his beloved one. The time had come for the marriage to be accomplished. So God sent one of his great messengers, the Archangel Gabriel, in order to ask for the consent of our nature. And the Virgin Mary was chosen to be the spokesperson 
for the entire humanity. And to say yes or no to God's request. So the angel came and announced the request of God. And the Virgin Mary gave her yes. And it was in this exchange of consent that a great mystery took place. The Son of God espoused our nature. The perpetual marriage between God and our humanity was finally accomplished when God became a man in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And this is the mystery of the Incarnation. Those who were two became one in Jesus Christ. For in the unique person of the Son of God, we see the union of the divine nature with the human nature. Union that will never know an end because God has espoused our nature forever. So it was to save our nature, to save each one of us, that he wanted to become a man, to suffer and die, in order to pay for our sins. He came to rescue us, in order to take us with him to the glory of heaven. This is the amazing love of God for our humanity. The chaste love of a husband for his wife. Nupsie facte sunt. And there was a marriage. And this marriage is the incarnation. My brethren, isn't that beautiful? The Incarnation is a marriage between God and our human nature. And the sacrament of marriage is supposed to be a mirror of this marvelous marriage of the Son of God. The union of husband and wife is a sign of this ineffable union between God and our nature. 
In this way, husband and wife are to reproduce in their lives the love of Christ and the church. The Apostle St. Paul says, as the church is subordinate to Christ, so the wives should be subordinated to their husbands in everything. And the husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church and delivered himself up for her. That's the reality that the married couple have to imitate. And because this union of Christ with the Church is indissoluble, so the union between a husband and a wife cannot be broken. Marriage is for life. In this way, the husband cannot divorce from his wife and have another one. And the same for the wife. She cannot divorce from her husband and have another one. Because Christ is faithful to his church, and the church faithful to Christ. Christ has only one spouse, which is the Catholic Church. And the church has only one husband, who is the Lord. A second union would be adultery. My brethren, these are the words of Christ. And any other doctrine that departs from this truth should be considered a lie of the devil. Today, many people speak falsely about marriage, saying that people can divorce and remarry. Well, these statements, they not only go against marriage, but they go against the dogma of the Incarnation, which is the reality that marriage is supposed to represent. Because God has espoused our nature forever. In the marriage of the Incarnation, there will never be a separation.
And the same has to be found in the Christian marriage. If by any chance a separation comes to happen between husband and wife, the man and the woman remain binded to each other as long as they live in such a way that they cannot marry another person. Because a valid marriage that was consummated cannot be dissolved by any human power. So may the chaste love of Christ and the Church be the model for husbands and wives to live faithfully their marriage vocation. A love that is more in the spirit than in the flesh. A love whose goal is above all eternal salvation. Remember that your vocation is a place where God wants to sanctify you. So pray and ask God to give you all the graces you need in order to accomplish well the duties that your vocation requires from you. Your vocation as a spouse. Your vocation as a parent. Remember, it is there in your vocation and not somewhere else, but there that God wants to sanctify you in the faithful accomplishment of the duties of your state in life. The families, they are the cells of the society. If we regenerate the cells, we will be working for the regeneration of the whole society. What means that the restoration of all things begins inside your house with your family. Your role is very important. So do not try to run away from your vocation, but embrace it with all your heart. Because faithfulness to God, faithfulness to one's vocation, is all that really matters in this life.
Therefore, my brethren, be faithful. And that's all. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.